Okay, we are live episode 89. We've got a good one. A really, really, really good one. Uh, Nika Pasquale, Urban Remedy. David Lemley, Retail Voodoo. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. This is going to be a good one because um, I, I know the brand very well. Um, I know the products. I know everything. Uh, Nika, give us a story about Urban Remedy. When did it start? Uh, who did it start with and where did it start? So it started in Marin County. My background is in traditional Chinese medicine. So it was kind of born out of my um, excitement for food is healing and seeing my patients change their lives based on changing their diets. That's amazing. Uh, shout out Marin County. She didn't know that I'm in Marin County. I didn't. And now we're gonna go down to Equator in Larkspur. We're gonna get a coffee. Yeah. Shout out Larkspur. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Um, Give us the first products. Uh, what, what was the year and what were the first products that you brought out? So the very first products I brought out was about 2009. I started doing retreats with my patients. So I would take people away for like four days and do all live raw food and juices and that kind of stuff. And so I started doing juice cleanses before, you know, cleansing was really popular. So the, that was kind of my first thing I did. And then I also, if you've ever tried our banana brittle, I started making the banana brittle and just people would buy it and it would sell out. And so those are the first things that I started. Okay. And where were you making those? Was it something that you were just doing in the kitchen and then you were bringing them to, let's say, your friends and then to maybe a farmer's market? What, what did that look like as yeah. far as transactions? Um, so originally it was my patients. Um, I would just bring them to my office and people would buy them or I'd make them for people. And then people just started buying all of them. And then people started telling their friends. And then finally I moved to a commercial kitchen and that's where I really started making stuff. And it was just a total mayhem because we had these juicers and they would spurt stuff all over the ceilings and the people would get mad. And I was, didn't really know what I was doing in the beginning. So it was really funny, but yeah, commercial kitchens is where I started. Give us that transition. When was it that there was a, a sort of the tipping point of, all right, this is a business here. And how do we transition into the next phase of it? Yeah. So I actually got pregnant with my son and then I, that's when I kind of was like, you know, I think I'm going to stop my acupuncture practice. This was in 2010. And, um, if you remember, do you remember that um, Guilt City and they would do like specials on their website? So they called me and they're like, can we do your juice, your juice cleanse? And I was like, sure. I didn't even think anything about it. And literally it sold out in five seconds. And then ever since then, I just had people calling me from San Francisco. And so that's where I knew the tipping point was because I would like couldn't keep up with the orders. And that's when I knew I needed employees and I needed to put up a website and all that stuff. So I didn't, I opened my first store in San Rafael in 2000, the end of 2012, 2013, and then grew out of that store within six months in terms of capacity. So it's been a, it's been a super crazy ride. Shout out San Rafael. This is going to get weird on it. Um, that, that was my stomping grounds. Uh, we won't talk about any of the stories uh, in on 4th Street. So um, when you, did transition. I almost want to talk a little bit about money. We're going to get in all these things, but what does that look like? Was it like, all right, I need $10,000. I know I'm going to need $100,000 to now transition. What did the first allotment of investment look like? Uh, we don't talk a lot about it because this is just such a unique thing, which we're going to get to soon. Yeah. What, what does that look like? And what, where, what year was that? Okay. So that was um, 2000. So basically what happened, it's kind of an interesting story. I'm going to get really short is that um, 
I knew that I needed investment because I had to build out this kitchen in San Rafael. And so I was just looking for like $50,000. I have no background in finance. My background is in health and wellness, Chinese medicine. And so I had a really weird thing happen where somebody, because I was doing really making a lot of money off the juice cleansing and I wasn't even trying. And so this guy that was helping me write the business plan happened to be talking to an incubator in Los Angeles. And all of a sudden they called me one day. They're like, we love what you're doing. We want to talk to you. I, I literally had two conversations with them and then they wanted to give me a million dollars. And at that point I was like, holy S-H-I-T. I was like a million dollars. Like I can't, I couldn't believe that somebody wanted to invest that much. And then from there it was like total insanity because they were um, experts in online customer acquisition. So they just wanted me to grow super fast before I started my foundation um, of the business. And so, you know, I would just say to everybody out there, just make sure I, I just didn't speak that language, you know, in terms of like ROI and like, you know, understanding dilution and all of that kind of stuff. So it was a very good learning experience for me. We're going to get into it. Interesting enough, literally right before I hit, hit record on this, I just posted about how much money you need to, to operate a CPG oh, yeah. company. And, and um, I don't say it like, I'm just being open. People know me. I'm very transparent because I, I want to help, right? There's yeah. a lot of fluff that goes on out there and they, they don't recognize it's so expensive. But but most importantly, if you want to scale, if you want to scale, if you want to have a, a direct-to-consumer business, if you want to be in retail, we're not talking about $100,000. I mean, I wrote it. I'm like, you're, you're talking about millions, yeah. And, and it's scary. It was scary for me a few years ago to hear that. And I've been around the way. So we're going to put that into context, but I love the, um, I love the transparency of it because it's going to be very helpful. Okay. What, what did it look like 12 months after that? What did the business look like? Oh, it was completely yeah, because I was the CEO. I was doing HR procurement. I had a I just had my child. I just got divorced. And so it was like, I don't even know how I did it. It was total insanity. Basically, when I flash back to that time in my life, I remember somebody wanted to send some Urban Remedy products to Barbara Streisand. I've never told this story before. And then they, so we, we like sent it and packed it up and sent it to her. And then they called us and they were like, every single thing in the box was like exploded. There was chocolate mousse all over, the juices leaked. And that's when I remember, I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, I don't know about packaging. I don't know about shipping. I don't know about any of that. And so anyway, it was complete mayhem because we grew out of the space within six months. We couldn't um, keep up with the demand. And so then we had to rent a, it was like band-aids after that. It was just complete band-aids. And so, and then we needed to raise more money and move to a new facility. So, yeah. I, because there, you know, again, it's, it's been around and there's been these, these different periods of the business to what it is now. I do need, I'm going to move us. Cause I like, we're compact yeah. here. I got, I want to move us into when it sort of professionalized. Right. And I use that loosely as far as when did you possibly bring in somebody to be an operator or maybe alongside you where the business all of a sudden was like, ah, now this is running. What year was it? And then what did the business look like? And maybe who was it? Who did you bring in? Doesn't even need to be by name, but what were those people as far as what they were doing? Yeah, you know, it turned into, you know, well, I mean, to be perfectly transparent, it's been, and it's been a, it's, it's constantly changing, but I would say in 2013 um, is when I met Paul Coletta, who's my now CEO. And he came in and he loved, he was at the melt. And I remember I went to his office and it was a super fancy office. 
And I was like, what am I doing talking to this guy? He was going to maybe be on the board. And then um, he came to my like office. It was literally a hole in the wall in San Rafael, right next to the San Rafael store. And I was so embarrassed. And then he kept coming and he loved the food. And one day he was like, I think you need a CEO. And at first I was like, oh, I don't know. I've heard a lot of stories about, you know, bringing CEOs. But then I was like, I don't want to be the CEO. Like I'm into the creative and whatnot. So in 2013, he came in and then I had found our space in Point Richmond. And then we, then that's when we raised another $5 million and we built out the whole facility there. But I will tell you, we still didn't have the operating down the way we needed to, you know, in terms of like a, a COO. And so it, it's taken a lot of time. We had people that were, we were all working really hard and all believed in the mission and the vision. So it was like, I mean, I would like pick stuff up and run it to like a store when we forgot to deliver it or, you know, whatever. And so I would say maybe the last two years is when we have like really got it down a little bit better. You know, I mean, it's honestly, it's just been, cause when you grow a hundred percent almost every year, it's very hard to keep up and like figure out shipping and we're multi-channel. So we're not just retail, we're not just direct to consumer and we're also in wholesale. So it's very complicated. Paul, you're on next, bud. Um, that's going to be a, that's going to be a good one too. Um, as far as you know, again, another perspective. But I I I, I love that. And oftentimes, founders don't get out of their own way, right? Um, for it could be 25 different reasons. A lot of time, it's an ego or whatever it may be. And if you can, when you recognize there's a tipping point, you need somebody to sit in this seat. I think it's a I think it's a great thing. Um, I do want to move it forward. Talk to me about like your greatest partnerships. What does that look like and how did that get started? Um, Partnerships in terms of people working for me or partnerships in terms of? Retail. Retail. I call it partnerships. Yeah. Who's your, who's who's your, what's your greatest partnership? Um, Well, definitely Whole Foods. Great. I wanted you to say it. I wasn't going to. Okay. Um, Yeah. I mean, so we, it was literally like a miracle. We, all of a sudden we had this idea to create these kiosks and it was, it was the perfect timing because Whole Foods needed it. And so we started developing these kiosks that had all of the day parts, all, not all of our products, but a representation of each kind of item in these kiosks. And um, it was just an amazing partnership because we, we rolled out in Northern California and now we're, um, we're in New York, all over New York, we're in Washington, Oregon, Texas, we're going to Florida. And that's just been an incredible partnership for us. If you don't know what she's talking about, there are these refrigerators. You walk by them and you're looking at basically the store within the store. Um, you, they, they get an end cap. They get a, a four-foot end cap in, in, in multiple locations. Um, refrigerated. Uh, there's, you wanted to just give us like four or five core products. Yeah, so we have like... A- all of our juices, our shots, our bars, our salads. And it was really cool because when we first talked to Whole Foods, we're like, we're going to give you a chance. We're going to give you like a couple Whole Foods stores around here in Marin. And we were really nervous and we didn't know because usually at the end camp, end cap, it's the kombucha and they were killing it. And so we went in there with the end cap and we did so good and we blew it out of the water and we were going in there like checking it every day. And it still blows my mind. I mean, I still can't believe that we are able to do this. And now a lot of other people are trying to do it. It's really difficult to be able, usually if you have your bars, they go in the bar section, the juices, they go in the juice section. So it's very rare to be able to have 
a branded kiosk with like all of your day parts of your products. Yeah, I, I really do. I call that a true partnership. I call all retail partnerships uh, that because that's what it is. You're trying to grow together and figure things out and communicate, but they gave you a space and it's like, here, sell all of these different SKUs. Um, it, it's quite an amazing thing to, to see. So to be a part of it, I, I can only imagine. Um, yeah. To to I, I could do this one again because it's there's a, a long story to it. It's it's very organic, sort of in double side. As far as how it's built, and and I just love the story. Um, but for some closure here, where are you guys at now, and where does the business look like, or what does the business look like? Let's say over the next twenty four months. Yes. So um, we have some exciting new things coming. I just developed a new platform, uh, which is dinner, but that's not going to launch till September. So it's ready. Everything that we do is certified organic, gluten-free, dairy-free, ready to eat or drink. Um, and so we have, I have like some new bars coming out. I'm really excited about our bar platform. I'll try to get you some when we meet for coffee at Equator. I'll bring you Bye. some. And um, we have some really, really interesting new platforms that are coming. We're expanding the bar platform and the dinner platform is what we're super excited about. Very cool. Yeah. Um, again, we'll do a follow-up on this. Um, we'll do a follow-up on this because there's, there's so much value to, to have uh, as far as just the founder story and developing and coming from where you were to the, the center point and then to where you're now and where you're going to go. Loved having you. Um, David? Look, you're looking smooth back there. What do we got? Le what do we got? Lesser evil back there? Are we, what do we got? We got, uh, yeah, we, we, we got a whole slew of stuff. We got the, the, those, those nuts that I like, the mixed nuts. Yeah. Yeah, there's a bunch. So yes, I, I have been doing this for quite a while. I'm pretty passionate about it. So it was very fascinating to get to listen to the interview between you two. Nika, I have about a thousand questions for you because as someone who builds brands in the better for you space, I, I wonder about point A to point B and whether you were able to maintain your vision from the beginning or whether it evolved when you brought in those partners and C-suite operators. Yeah, um, I am very, um, I think I'm a really easygoing person, but when it comes to product and the integrity of the product, I am really strict. And so I think, you know, as the founder, I've kept that, um, like anytime, like, you know, you'll get an operations person come in and say, well, if you just, you know, stop doing organic, then we're going to save this amount of points. And, you know, this is what's going to happen. And it's like, no, that's not who we are. And that's against our values. So one really important thing is, you know, to, in a company is to create the company culture and to really live our values and to make sure that we're constantly doing that. And it's really difficult, especially um, at scale, but I'm always that voice of, you know, no, we're not going to do this or, you know, some, Oh, I, well, I don't know if I should do that. Anyway, somebody was coming in just saying, Oh, like you should come, you should start doing the, um, like one of the processed uh, fake meat brands. And I was like, oh. no, you know, we don't really do processed food. We do whole plant-based organic food. And so, um, it's really trying not to necessarily <clears throat> follow trends, but really um, just stay within that original vision that I created Urban Remedy. And that's, um, why, that, and that's, that's why it's successful and that's why it will always be. You don't, you don't need to, we all know this, we don't need to move. Do you know how many times I've had the keto talk come to me? I don't live that way. I don't eat that way. I don't believe in it. Um, and you could write me the biggest PO in the world and I would still say politely, no. Um, David, 
Retail voodoo, I want an elevator pitch and I want it strong. Okay, retail voodoo builds beloved and dominant brands. We have been doing this for so long, it's frightening. We have over 300 case studies with a 97% success record, which meant that the founder, the owner, the operators, the financial and cultural goals of the organizations were met within the first two years. And as you can see, they've gone on to uh, take over the categories that they we're in. And we do that very much like what Nika said. It's about vision and purpose and getting an organization to be able to sing from the same songbook prior to doing any communication with the outside world and getting it so that it lives down here and that you're able to build a like-minded tribe of folks. So if you're interested, I've written a book about it. We call it Beloved and Dominant Brands. Um, it's, it's got one of our models in that we have used Again, as I said, over 300 times. So it's a, it's a process to do this. As Nika said, it's not something where graphic design will not save you. So it's, it's actually the, the icing on the cake at the end of the day. It's all of the things that you two talked about prior. I love it. Nika's info, David's info. Great having you. Enjoy the rest of the week. Shout out, Marin.